This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh, dear, not, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lid for acid? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Good morning. This is Jesse. Oh, it is a good morning. We are, good yeah. to you. Yeah, I, I'm not sure when you're listening to this podcast, but typically we podcast at night because, you know, we're, I don't know, busy. <laughs> but We're just, we're night owls. Nothing happens yeah, during the daytime with us. Uh, the best geology happens at night is my <laughs> motto. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. But, <laughs> uh, we happen to be podcasting in the morning today. So, and we have a few Patreons on some, some who have, uh, in different time zones, who's logged on super early. So thank you, Patreons. Um, and a- honestly, one of our Patreons is in Hawaii, which is apropos because today we're going to be talking about Mauna Loa. Yeah, we literally have boots on the ground here at the at the flannel cast. Yeah, we were going to do uh, yeah, story. live coverage, um, but instead, Maddie's just going to post a bunch of super awesome pictures to Instagram. So please check out our Instagram. Yeah. Um, what What's is her flan? What is her handle? No. Geology flannel cast on Instagram, or is it geo flannel cast? I should know this. <laughs> We're killing it. <laughs> but yeah, check us out on Instagram. I mean, we still have the what are the kids called? The gram, or is it Insta? Insta? I, I don't know. Either way, and uh, Facebook, and you can email us. Check out our website, geologyflannelcast.com. All right, that's it. Good night, everybody. Uh, that's all we got to do. Um, no, check that out. Matt, Maddie's going to be posting some cool pictures of, of uh, yeah, model flows of Mauna Loa. It's and at Geology Flannel Cast. Thank you, Jesse. Um, so you heard it first here, ladies and gentlemen, the Flannel Cast. We're covering the topics that nobody else dares to touch. Well, a lot of people are actually touching this topic because it's a pretty big deal. Uh, Mauna Loa is erupting for the first time in 38 years right now. Um, but So were you alive? I was not alive. Oh, such a baby. Just I was, I'm an 85 baby. And last time it erupted was 84. Wow. Wow. You, you weren't alive the last time the Sixers won the championship. I was not. No. Jeez. Well, (laughs) (laughs) not a transition out of that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So 80, 84. So a long time ago, almost, almost 40 years ago, 38 years ago. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, we should probably talk about the, uh, you know, the, the, the tectonics or, um, you know, kind of the, the framework and what's going on with, uh, with the Hawaiian volcanoes. And we, this is a topic we've, I'm, yes, we have definitely a, touched on before at we've some talked point. about hot spots yeah. yeah yeah let's just do a quick yeah. little brief run through on on hot spots and why mauna loa uh mauna loa is kind of a, a unique volcano or kind of a you know give a sense of how it works because it's a little different from like explosive volcanoes so um the hawaiian islands are located in the smack dab in the middle of a tectonic plate right in the middle of the the pacific plate and most of the volcanoes on earth tend to be located along the perimeter of a plate 
and that has to do basically the uh, most volcanoes are are caused by collision of tectonic plates, subduction zones, um, and Hawaii is is not like that. There's no, it's not on an active tectonic margin. It's just kind of right. It couldn't be closer to the middle. It is like smack dab in the middle of a of a tectonic plate, and uh, so what's what's how do you get a volcano going on there? Well, it's something called a hot spot, right? And hot spot is a term. Uh, uh, originally, it came from good friend of the podcast, John Torzo Wilson, our favorite Canadian geologist. Is that true? Yeah. Can you think of a, a more favorite, a more favorite Canadian geologist? He's up there. Yeah. Burgess. Burgess was bow was bow my Canadian. Either way, he's he's top five. Yeah, let's uh, Wilson's got it top three because yeah. we right, only named three. three. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's there is, is quite a debate for a while on how do you get volcanoes forming in the in the middle of the uh, in the middle of these tectonic plates, and what the hotspot theory is is that there is this kind of this this plume of superheated rock in the in the Earth's mantle. Remember the uh, the Earth's mantle is solid. It's not it's not liquid. It's not like there's like a liquid plume coming up. It's it's superheated rock that's that's coming up, and the rock in the Earth's mantle it's, it's ductile. It's it it flows kind of like toothpaste or like a, like a plastic, and you get this like big plume of solid rock coming up, and it actually doesn't melt until it gets pretty close to the surface of the Earth. It's something called decompression melting, um, and. So you have this pipeline from deep in the in the mantle of this material coming up and it pierces through the crust. Now the crust is floating on top of the mantle and the crust the the crust is moving. The crust is broken up into the tectonic plates and and the the crust is moving. So while like the plumbing that pipeline tends to stay relatively still. The thing that's moving is the the crust on top of it, and so it's almost like like the crust is kind of dragging along on, on top of of this this pipeline to the mantle. And so you tend to get to where you get these hot spots. You can actually see the trail of volcanoes from where that part of the crust used to be on top of of the uh, of this mantle pipeline, basically. Yeah, the way I like to visualize this with my students is I'll, I'll take a Sharpie and a white piece of paper and the Sharpie represents the hotspot, <clears throat> the, the the plume of hot rock and the, the piece of paper represents the crust and you just kind of drag the paper over the crust. And if you pause for a second, you know, that Sharpie starts to bleed into the paper and leave a bigger dot. And then if the plate moves faster, then you get a bunch of little dots or you just you know, honestly you just get a long streak of Sharpie marker. But <laughs> Um, same same principle. Just the the plate is the piece of paper moving across, and the hot spot is that sharpie marker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Hawaiian Islands extend; they're much bigger than what you see sticking up out of the uh, out of the ocean. It's a it's a chain of underwater mountains. It's called the Emperor Seamount, and it goes geez, how many thousands of miles? Basically, subducts underneath. Uh, like, or it, it, it go- all the way to Russia. Oh, to Russia, yeah, yeah. To uh, no. it's uh, it, it goes it goes quite the several thousand miles. Um, and but we what we see sticking up out of the ocean is just you know the the, the couple the couple Hawaiian islands. So as you move the the active hotspot is is the Big Island 
of that's where that's where the active volcanism is. And if you look at the islands, kind of Hawaii kind of trails off into like a a northwest direction. So the further you know, as you move northwest, um, the islands gets relatively smaller, and those it gets older and older as you move away from the from the big island. And that's because the the Pacific Plate is moving over over that hot spot there. And uh, and there is a there is a new a new island that's forming. And I believe that's got about a couple thousand years or so before that thing pokes through the the surface of the water. That's that's down there. Um, yeah, but, I I, th- I think it's it's like fifteen thousand years or something like. I was going to say yeah, something like around like ten thousand. Yeah, not a smart real estate investment at this moment. Yeah, Loihi, that's it. Um, and is that Mario's uh, brother? Luigi Loihi. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna uh see if, see exactly how long it's gonna take for that to uh it's uh ten thousand feet above the ocean floor and it has to go another three thousand feet to breach the surface. Cool. Oh, so it's kind of shallow there because I know the the current big island Hawaii, like uh I want isn't it nineteen thousand above the seafloor? I think that's right because it's tall it's taller than everest everest yeah i'm I'm not saying your numbers wrong i'm just saying check your numbers what my numbers <laughs> yeah get out there with uh yeah i think it's more than thirteen thousand feet till it breaches the surface get a he rises get out there with your rope that has knots in it every yeah. every hundred feet and drop it off the side of a boat we will we'll do we'll have Mark Maddie do that. <laughs> we can have well, we have Maddie do that while she's out there. Yeah, it always blows my mind like <clears throat> you know the the deepest spot of the ocean uh, on the Mariana Trench, the Challenger Deep, which is what 36,000 feet deep. Mm-hmm. It was initially measured, it's named after the HMS Challenger, which was, you know, uh, uh an expedition that went out there in 18 something 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 1858 18 1870s and um they measured it uh using basically rope that's and incredible blows like, my mind like, like just like a, a a lead weight at the bottom <laughs> yeah how much how much how much uh, rope it's got to be a lot of rope. Had 30 thousand feet of rope yeah that is a lot of rope. Where do you, what do you store? How does that work? What's the logistics behind that? Yeah. Seems. Yeah. Half the ship is taken up by rope. I mean, it's, it's like those, uh, those ships that lay the transit transatlantic cables. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen them. Sometimes they, they're docked in uh Baltimore Harbor. They're just like these gigantic oh. ships. Um, with these massive loops of cable. That's crazy. Yeah. Just a big old magnet on them to pick up the, the wire. Is that how it works? I, I don't think so, but yeah. they just have a dude standing on the beach in Baltimore holding one end as the ship drives away. <laughs> I think you're going to say they're going to have a one dude holding one end of the wire, shaking it until they can see it shake. <laughs> when they get out in the middle of the ocean. 
So I just want to verify. I'm seeing several sources that are saying that that uh, Louis he sits ten thousand feet above the ocean floor. So there, it looks like the Big Island believe- has a little bit of a platform that comes out. That yeah, I be- I mean I believe you. I'm not calling you a liar. It's too early so for check that. Check my numbers. <laughs> I I strive for accuracy on the flannel cast. <laughs> Anyways, you know who cares exactly how deep it is? It's yeah. there, right? Also. And good point. That's that's all we're looking for here. All right. So uh, back to uh, back to Mauna Loa. All right. So like I said, this is the first time it's going off since since 1984. And uh, so there's been there's been uh, lots of volcanic activity on Hawaii, uh, but uh, Mauna Loa has been quiet. That's uh, there's there's uh, uh, Mauna Loa is the the tall. That's the tallest point on the Big Island, correct? Right. I believe so. It's at yeah. thirteen thousand feet above sea level. Yeah, so that's up there. I mean, it's yeah, Mauna Loa is up there, and it's no Ma- well, Mauna Mauna Kea is the tallest point. Oh, it is right. okay. Just really quickly here, looking. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, well, yeah. So Mauna Loa is thirteen thousand six seventy nine, and Mauna Kea is thirteen thousand eight hundred three. Oh, well, it's, it's feet. Uh, thirteen thousand six eighty now. Came to foot. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. Actually, <laughs> I just made that up. That's that. I I believed it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I keep interrupting four, here. I keep four, interrupting to check your numbers, and I've I'm, I'm four thousand doing it. One hundred and eighty-nine meters for those using the metric system. All right. Which so take um, a take a good long look in the mirror if that's the case. <laughs> you and your logical there's a, there's system. A, there's an interesting article we we're um, we we're reading before we started this podcast uh, in the New York Times. Uh, it's titled. Uh, with Mauna Loa's eruption, a rare glimpse into Earth. And it's got some really cool information in it. Um, so uh, shout outs to the author, uh, Oliver Wang. He did a pretty good job writing this article. Um, and so some of the facts you're throwing out in this article here is that Mauna Loa is one of the, how do you phrase this? Because, quote, Mauna Loa is one of the most well-instrumented volcanoes in the U.S. Neat. So lots yeah, of... If you go to the USGS website and, um, you know, they have these volcano observatory pages. And if you look at Mauna Loa, there's like dots and stars and, and circles and all over the mountain of like, you know, these are GPS units. These are tilt meters. These are, you know, gas meters. These are, you know, all, all different kinds of stuff. So, yeah, well, well instrumented. Yeah. Say seismometers. There's seismometers on there. Yes. You name it. If there's an instrument to uh, to study volcanoes, that thing's probably slapped on the side of that mountain. <laughs> I would imagine. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the things that the that they're doing is they have seismometers there, and what you can do with the seismometers, you might be thinking like, "Oh, that's just to to measure earthquakes." What is that? Um, what does that have to do with? With volcanoes, well, you get you get uh, you get earthquake activity with volcanoes. Now, not like you know crazy, like everything falls apart uh, earthquakes. But what happens is the magma plume starts shifting below the volcano, and the seismometers there help um, 
you can actually uh, pinpoint the location from where the earthquakes are occurring. And then that tells you where the, where the magma plumes moving around, shifting around. And you could actually start to figure out where that magma plume is just by looking um, with the, at the seismic data. Uh, things like you can use like GPS and uh, um, that's, you can start to, we have, they have instruments that are sensitive enough to see if there's any bulges on the, uh, on the volcano itself. And that'll, that'll um, tell you if it's like gonna, if it's gonna become active very, very soon. So uh, they got everything slapped onto this and, and something that's relatively recent. Um, we saw when Hawaii started going off in 2018 was uh, they started, the USGS started flying drones over the, over the, uh, over the volcanic eruption too. And that just helps figure 2018 was interesting because that, uh, Hawaii became very volcanically active. Uh, and there were a lot of people lost their homes and it, it became, it started to turn into quite a, quite a dangerous situation. And what they were able to do was to use these drones to figure out, you know, where, where are the lava flows and and which direction are the lava flows most likely to continue to to move in? So it helps to evacuate. And yeah, and more, it's much more... it, it's much safer than sending people up in uh, helicopters. Now these are not explosive eruptions where that you know they're going to blast you out of the sky, but it's still not safe to fly a helicopter over an active volcano. <laughs> Whereas yeah, you, rather... you can stand safely by and fly a drone way out over. And if you lose a drone, yeah, you lose, you know, those are probably a couple thousand dollar drones. Yeah. But versus at... how, what was a helicopter cost? I can't even right. imagine. How much. A million dollars, <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah. A plus, little bit more. Plus, a few, few dollars more. Plus the humans yeah. inside the helicopter. Um, <laughs> humans. <laughs> you know, which are kind of priceless. So, uh, yeah, so there's all sorts of uh, cool stuff that they're working to monitor the volcano with. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things you always want to do, and I think we talked about this in the podcast before, but whenever you're giving uh, evacuation notices out to the public, that's always there's a there's a, a, a thin line you have to walk with that. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to issue an evacuation notice too early. And then you also don't want to issue an evacuation notice too late. So too early. What, why would that be wrong? You might think like, why don't we just issue these evacuation notices, let people have as much time as they need, maximize the amount of time they need to, to get out, get away um, and be safe. And the reason that you don't want to do that is because if things change, if, if some, uh, Maybe the I don't know. I'm just going to throw out a, a hypothetical here. Maybe the lava flow switches directions. It looks like it's going in one direction, and something happens. It it, it starts coming out in in, a, in another direction. All these people leave, and then they realize, oh, there was no need to issue an evacuation. What'll start to happen is they'll start to distrust the um, you know the the authorities. You know, I mean, it's the it's the classic boy who cried wolf sort of scenario, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't want it to, you know, then people, you know, they, they, they move everything, they get out, you know, and then they come back and like, ah, what the, what the heck did the authorities know? And, and, and then when the next evacuation notice comes like, ah, you know what, I'm going to ride this one out. And, um, that's when you can get, you can get seriously hurt. 
something something really bad can happen. Yeah, and, and that's then, not just with volcanoes. That happens with hurricanes anything. and yeah. yeah. Any anytime you're asked to evacuate, and then you, you do evacuate, and you come back to your house, and you realize like, well, but my house is fine. Could just stay mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And then if you do it too late, then that's got a whole heap of problems because now people can't get out safely and people are at harm's risk. So there's this, this thin line that you, you know, you're, you're walking, you want to do it at just the right moment. You want to have enough evidence to say like, yes, there's a very, very, very high probability that this natural disaster is going to affect this given area with these, this, you know, this given population. And uh, that's, so that, that's, that's the line you, you uh, they're, they're walking there. So, in terms of in terms of this type of evacuation, um, you know, I, I've I, with, I'm saying this. I've never I've never actually been to Hawaii, so I don't know like what the. What <laughs> oh, the, you've never been? <laughs> I've never been. We do have boots on the ground right now, though, at the Flannel Cast, mm-hmm. reporting live, collecting collecting data as well. But um, <laughs> that, usually, what happens with these these lava flows coming out? Um, it's not. The Hawaiian islands, the Hawaiian volcanoes are not, they're not, they don't tend to be explosive volcanoes. Every once in a while, you can actually get, get an, uh, a little explosive eruption coming from uh, one of these volcanoes. Things like seawater gets mixed in with the the magma plume and that can cause, that can cause an eruption. But generally speaking, it's, it's pretty, they're pretty calm eruptions. And, um, and most of the times you you're going to be able to get a, get away from this. You're not going to get nailed with a blast or or anything like like a like a pyroclastic flow or, or anything like that. It's going to be kind of like uh, smaller, like slow moving lava flows. Yeah, you could um, probably run faster than this lava is flowing. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's like ah ah lava, like the the more uh, viscous type, and it's just really rocky and blocky, and then just kind of just kind of creeps along. Yeah. Have you ever heard? that lava flow like the, uh-uh. yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird it's such yeah. a weird sound it's like it sounds fake yeah honestly yeah. um oh, geez i would love to get out to hawaii one of these days and see a see a volcano erupting yeah if we have ever... a super rich patreon out there who wants to sponsor a uh special flannel cast let us yeah, know Hit us elon? Up. get get elon to sponsor the, the <laughs> yeah, flannel cast no, i don't want that guy <laughs> No, that's true. Uh, uh, yeah, if they if whoever sponsors us, we'll even give you a shout out. <laughs> you can come with us. <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, so what else is going on here at the uh, at at Mauna Loa? So, um, um. Oh, by the way, we talked about the um. John Tuzo Wilson and the, the the hotspot hypothesis. That was John John Tuzo, Tuzo Wilson proposed that in 1963, and the it looks like the dude nailed it. As as always, as and always. Now, theoretically, that makes sense, right? Like, okay, you can see which way the the crustal plates have moved across the Pacific Ocean, and that hotspot looks like it stayed in the same spot. But there's also like uh, geochemical data that backs it up as well, where the the lava that's coming out, the, the the molten rock, has a different composition than 
the crust or, you know, uh, or different compositions from the typical volcanoes you see at, at tectonic uh, edges, you know, around the ring of fire, for example. Mm-hmm. So this has just a different geochemical makeup. So the rocks are coming from a, a deeper, different source than just something close to the surface. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the things that, uh, that you you'll see with the hot spots, yeah, like what Steve said, the different um, the different source. This stuff's going to be like really mafic stuff. Uh, whereas you can get more more felsic material, more like more silica with the uh, with the the stratovolcanoes you'll see along the um, uh, along the subduction zones, and the, yeah. the convergent boundaries there. Yeah, so mafic meaning more iron and magnesium rich. Yes. Yes. So, more, so deep, deeper in the mantle, more dense material, and that that lack of silica is part of the reason it's non-explosive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why um, when you get explosive volcanoes, that silica, that quartz content, it's really, really thick. It's got a really, really high viscosity. So viscosity means resistance to flow. So the the higher the viscosity, the more the more thick and gummy this this stuff is. So quartz, really, really, really high um, viscosity, and it tends to gum up, clog up the plumbing of a volcano, and that pressure, you know, the, the magma plume wants to move, but it's just it's just so thick and gooey. Not, I shouldn't say gooey, but it's just, just very viscous. That's what I should say. Yeah. Um, it The pressure just builds and builds and builds, and finally, boom, the whole thing explodes. And that's why it's a you know, very violent eruption, but the Hawaiian volcano, since it's a different source coming from deep in the mantle, you don't get uh, that, you don't get that level of silica in there. You get hardly any, and it just, it becomes, it's very runny. That's why like when you see uh, volcanic eruptions from Hawaii, if you have like Pahoehoe lava, it looks, it looks like straight up like a lava river. Yeah. And uh, very, very flowy. And um, you're not going to be getting violent explosions. Yeah, and no, no volatiles as well. Like the explosive volcanoes sometimes have volatiles in it, in addition to the silica content. So you're talking like adding like water and gas to the mix, um, mm-hmm. which can, you know, set off an explosion. Yeah. So the cool I've- thing, going back to what what uh, what uh, John Tuzo Wilson said in '63 with the hotspot theory. Well, it's being confirmed now with modern technology and some of the cool toys that that uh, uh, seismologists and volcanologists have. Uh, basically, the technology the technology is proving the hypothetical. Uh, how can I can phrase this? The yeah, the theory the is tech- being proven. The theory is being proven with technology. Yeah, we finally have the cool toys now to to pinpoint this stuff and say, oh yeah, here's the evidence. And so this is pretty cool. Uh, in the in the in the early 2000s, geologists were placing seismometers along the ocean floor, and they were actually able to uh, figure out where that magma plume is and how fast it's rising. They're actually able to, to figure out a velocity of this uh, of this magma plume. And it uh, it's basically like taking, shouldn't say taking an X-ray, but 
but because it's using sound, it's not actually using X-ray light to to image the inside of the Earth. They're using they're using these seismometers to now determine the velocity of the magma plume coming up through the through the crust, and it's agreeing with what uh, with what Wilson said back in the '60s. So I always think that's really cool when we can develop the technology now to to prove this stuff, and it's even cooler. You know, it makes you wonder about how like like you know like guys like John Tuzo Wilson came up with this stuff it was, you know in the, yeah. on the the you know in the theoretical realm of you know on the theoretical side of things that it's it, yeah i mean it, he proposed it 60 years ago yeah <laughs> and we're now just <laughs> proving him right like yeah so yeah, all this crazy stuff that i've said now in 60 years might be proven right yes <laughs> I love the awkward silence after that. <laughs> yes. all, both of you are looking at me like, uh, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> so 1963, uh, we didn't land. Nobody landed on the moon at that point. And uh, if you had a computer, you were like a bazillionaire. A computer took up like an entire I, room. I don't even. Three? I don't even know if they were commercially available yet. They might have just still been in universities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably dealing with mainframe computers. Yeah, definitely. When yeah, did, maybe, uh, maybe in 60, because it used to have like terminals like bolted to the wall. And if you had to do a calculation, like you would have to like get out of your office and like input <clears throat> the, the stuff to the one computer in the building. So maybe, maybe in 63, there was some of those. So, well, the first computer generally under, well, the first modern computer, I guess you could say, ENIAC, right? In 19. 19- yeah, in pen, and yeah. I, yeah, yeah pen. in 1945. You know where the term computer bug came from? I yeah, do. It was, it was nice like what they it Billy was, the, cockroaches. <laughs> was there I thought there was moths, like a moth or something got in, was eating the vacuum tubes. Was it ro- some kind of bug, some kind yeah. of insect? Yeah. It, it was insects inside the machine. So a bug in the system was literally a bug in the system. <laughs> yeah, they had it was munching through the vacuum tubes and the uh and these things i think i don't know if it was munching through the vacuum tubes but it was like shorting them out or something like yeah that. i think like because it was a lot of the wiring still had the cloth insulation so i think it was eating yeah oh uh, okay okay so that's where the term bug comes from computer bug when you could actually literally walk inside a computer back in the day <laughs> yeah crazy those were the days right yeah um, all right, fun little side note there. Let's get back to uh let's get back to this. So uh Mauna Loa started forming about six hundred thousand years ago. And it's been hanging out ever since. Um and um uh, so the one thing is when you're looking at the seismic data trying to figure out how how this volcano's uh basically working. And to be honest, volcanologists really don't have that great of an idea of how these hotspots work. It's very uh, uh, enigmatic. How about that? I'll use a yeah. fun vocabulary Ooh. term there. there. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that that we don't know, and there's there's a lot of research that still needs to still needs to get done to say you know how to you know figure out more of the the mechanics of how these things work. Um, yeah. So that's what they're doing. Um, at Mauna Loa now. Uh, so one of the things that's going on is where, where the um, 
in this volcano, in, the, in this eruption that's going on right now, trying to figure out which direction the the lava flow is going to going to occur. So basically, at Mauna Loa, there's two rift zones. So just just rift. real quick, we're we're talking about there was an eruption on November 27, 2022, at 11:30 p.m. It's okay. a Sunday. The seas were angry that day, my friend. Um, mm. Yeah. So just to give it a little context, so. You know, uh, depending upon when you're listening to this, this was either last a few days ago or, you know, maybe you're catching up and you're a month late. But we're talking about the eruption from November 27th. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Maybe you're listening in the far future and the island no longer exists. Oh, and you're like, what are they talking about? That would be pretty far in the future, my friend. Let's uh, let's look at those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, all right. So at Mauna Loa, there's there's two rift zones. You get uh, one rift zone on the northeast side of the mountain, and another rift zone on the southeast side of the mountain. Um, so you might be thinking, like, okay, why does this why does this matter? Well, <laughs> the northeast rift zone uh, leads to an uninhabited portion of the island. The southwest, did I say southeast before? It's, I should have said southwest, I'm sorry. The southwest rift zone leads towards several communities along the Kona coast. So, you know, I'm not a land manager or authority figure or anything like that, but you don't want your lava flowing towards where the people live. I think anybody, I think we're all in agreement with that, right? Lava flow towards people equals bad. Have that we want the best case scenario. We want the lava flow to go out towards where nobody lives. So that's the uh, that's the main concern with this. And so the eruption started, and it started. The magma started filling up the the caldera at the the summit of the mountain. And you know the geologists were concerned: which rift zone is this thing gonna gonna kind of continue down? If it goes to the north, everything's good. If it goes to the south, that means people are in danger. And then they got everything work. Uh, everything looks like it's uh, going to the north. So for right now, I know that doesn't mean that uh, you know the people towards the south are, are you know they're in the clear. Um, you know, obviously things can change and and whatnot, but um, looks like it's it's going towards the north. But right now, the one of the main concerns is going towards a major highway in hawaii so that could lead to uh lead to some uh um, traffic jams potentially traffic jams you (laughs) usually don't want to drive your car over molten lava unless you're Um, pierce brosnan yeah there you go i just said molten lava which is redundant you shouldn't say that (laughs) (laughs) i caught myself yes what was it now what did did he? We just watched Dante's Peak like last month. What I've always I already forget. He drove. He drove across. Yeah, wow, yeah. lava, lava. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it had started cooling a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So he did it. Yeah, he and did. and yeah. So this this eruption is a fissure eruption. So Chris, you did say rift. So meaning like the 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 surface of the mountain is kind of tearing apart so a fissure eruption like it's it's not like one little circular like typical volcanic like caldera this is just like a crack in the earth where you know yeah. imagine like you, a linear elongated yeah 
and it's you know and it's it's liquid so it's flowing downhill but these cracks can open up you know like chris said they can open up anywhere so depending upon where they open up depends upon where it's going to flow and it's not like water where it's just going to keep flowing downhill because sometimes it flows and it cools and it stops and it creates its own like wall and then it's got to flow around that wall so it these these flows can change direction based on you know how fast it's cooling you know what uh how much is coming out what's the velocity all all these things are, are factors so it's not as easy as being like well here's where the eruption is here's where downhill is like just don't be downhill um it's a it's a slightly more complicated than that yeah and uh, i'll tell you what i'm looking at some pictures right now of the uh of the the lava flow and it's like beautiful like uh like pohoyhoy lava these like nice like running rivers and it's also really cool when you look at this you can see the path of of the previous eruptions and uh, the directions of the you know the the older lava flows and yeah and so it's just going to basically this these lava i mean like there's there's more variables involved but ultimately the lava is just going to it's going to flow downhill that's that's the number one thing right it's just uh it's, it's gravity gravity driven and it's uh it's going to try to uh it's going to it wants to follow the path of least resistance kind of similar to water but it's much more viscous than than water is yeah if you go to the usgs website they have some nice colorful maps that show all the different flows where they went um for the last i don't know like 260 80 years something like that um and then they also have just like photographs and it like they put the numbers over top of it like this is prehistoric so before we actually mm-hmm. recorded it then there's like this is the 1899 flow this is the 1880 flow and then next to the 1880 flow the 1984 flow so like like they're all over the place so it's very hard to predict um, yeah like so the know. other thing too is it's not just the lava flows that are that are coming out uh it's the gases too so uh you have to watch out for your air quality in in these areas so right now um it looks as of when was this art i'm looking at another article here as of uh 16 hours ago um the air quality looked good uh but there is some uh there's some ash being kicked out and there's some sulfur dioxide being emitted too so obviously you don't want to be breathing in too much sulfur dioxide you know no it turns into sulfuric acid (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. So, good rule of thumb: uh, if you can stay away from a volcanic eruption, you know, I'm, you want to stay away. You don't, you know, you don't want right. to be. Uh, Was it H two S O four? Right. I think so. so that, there was um, like a Simpsons. Uh, Lisa yeah. said, "Like uh, Susie is no more." What she thought was H two O was H two S O four. That's pretty good. Um, so yeah, you, you know, there's don't want to be breathing that stuff in. That's that's no bueno. It's um, yeah, stay away from that if you can. Yeah, but but we have been studying this volcano for since at least 1843, which is pretty ridiculous. Um. That we've had that you know we have this much data on this island, which is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, as geologists, you can look back at older lava flows and older older lava flows. That's like, you know, they're calling them prehistoric, meaning a human wasn't there to observe it, but we can observe it as scientists to see like, 
and and you can date these rocks and figure out how old they are because that you know they kind of lock in their time of freezing i guess is the best way to put it like when when they freeze they they lock in their time um and geologists can take cores and figure it out like when when you know with plus or minus a few years when that lava flow occurred um which is how also how they help develop what are called hazard maps and the usgs basically says like they put out a map that says like this is a high hazard zone this is a low hazard zone um you know there's there's obviously different gradations of it but um and uh, like we were talking with one of our patreon listeners earlier some of these high hazard zones you can't get insurance like uh it's hard to get a mortgage so there are it, it is very affordable land so you can go out there and, and and buy land and and build a house but you you'd have to finance it yourself and you're not going to be insured <laughs> I would so. also recommend uh, owning a helicopter and building a helipad on <laughs> that house as well for easy, easy evacuation if need be. Yeah, you too can own land on Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, on according to USGS, uh, Mauna Loa is at a red warning. So, uh, and it's known as the fissure that's erupting is Fissure Three. Just FYI. Nice. Feeding a lava flow down slope. Hey, that's what we just said. Lava's going to flow downhill, right? So let's see. The one road that they're concerned is a saddle road. Um, the Daniel K in Noye Highway. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, so it looks like the lava flow as of uh, December 3rd, which is yesterday, uh, the lava flow is two and a half miles from, from that highway. And like I said, if it if it starts to encroach on that highway, that's gonna you're gonna have some logistical issues there. And this flow is encroaching at forty feet an hour. It's about how fast I run. There you so go. Maybe, maybe I can't outrun a lava flow. It'd yeah, close, this gives, right? gives me hope here that. I- <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the advance rate of the lava slowed over the last twenty four hours, but it's still the lava flow is still active. The lava flow can be variable over the next coming days slash weeks. Um, and then once, uh, if it hits the the flat, the flat ground between Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, um, obviously the lava flow is going to start advancing much more slowly. And it's going to spread out and all that stuff. So once again, gravity driven, right? The steeper, the steeper, the slope, the faster it would, it would, um, it would move. Um, so also with these lava flows, it's not necessarily moving at like a, a constant rate. You can have like a pulsing movement with this. Um, yeah, I do like the USGS's, uh, ground-based volcano alert. Like there's a green triangle, a yellow triangle, then there's an orange triangle. So, which is watch and they put an eyeball in it. <laughs> it's, it looks yeah, like something out of like the Illuminati or something. Yeah, it's very <laughs> ominous. I don't <laughs> And then, and then the red level has an exclamation point. That makes sense. But man, that warning one or the watch, it's just like, ugh. So I'm um, going back to volcanic gas. They have a term for it. I like this term, VOG. Right? Yes. Um, so it looks like it's going pretty much straight up. It's just relatively vertically getting blown up into the atmosphere, a little bit to the west once it gets to the higher altitudes. Um, you know, we've never talked about on the podcast Pele's hair strands of volcanic glass 
So I was I was just thinking about this this week, actually. Were you really? Yeah. Someone wow. someone asked me a question about it, and I was like, "Huh." I and it took me a minute, and then I had to do some some background reading to refresh my memory on it. Little little Pele's hair there. Yeah. Uh, uh, so these little tiny strands of glass fragments, um, they get waft. They can get wafted uh, pretty far distances into the air, and, and so you're seeing it a little bit at the the Mauna Kea Visitor Information Station. Uh, we're looking They're, at some sulfur dioxide emissions, about 180,000 tons per day it's coming out of that volcano. Is is that a lot or a little? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> <laughs> you judge for yourself. Uh, I don't, you know what? I, my gut, I'll take this with a grain of salt. My gut is like, that's not horrible because the air quality is, isn't a, uh, there's nothing that's been saying like the air quality is like you know in the danger zone so that makes sense yeah uh but yeah volcanoes have a tendency to spit out sulfur dioxide um so uh there are some some uh some tremors associated with this right now uh and that still means that magma is being supplied to the fissure you're still having like basically active plumbing that's occurring and And uh um, real quick, I, I think sulfur dioxide is sort of interesting because it actually can have a cooling effect on the planet mm. in the short term mm. because it, it blocks sunlight. Mm-hmm. So it but blocks I, it I from don't... ever entering the atmosphere as opposed to trapping it. Yeah, but I don't think there's enough. Yeah, at a hundred eighty, so one hundred eighty thousand tons per day coming out. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, it looks like a. Oh, you, there are, uh, it looks like the USGS has some uh, live streaming of the Fisher 3 fountain. I'm actually clicking on this right now. As a, oh, wow. I'll send this uh, I'll send this link to you guys right now. Here is, that's the live feed. It's, it's coming out there. It's, <laughs> this Holy is, moly. Yeah. Whoa. yeah, yeah, it's, it's cooking right now. Yes, yeah, so, sir you can see so what we're doing is uh, so if you just listen well everybody's just listening to the podcast uh, i'll have to post this to the the website the the mauna loa eruption there's there's a usgs live stream of this on youtube and you can see the caldera and it is it looks like it's from the lord of the rings honestly it really does (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that's pretty cool um yeah, if you're if you're watching this, go to go to geologyfinalcast.com or if you're listening to this, excuse me, go to geologyfinalcast.com. I'll post the the live stream. Hopefully, when you uh, when you check this out, you can it'll still be erupting. I don't know, uh, depending on the timing of when you actually check this out. Uh, so really, well, really, cool. I feel like it's like kind of like meditative to just watch this. I might just put this on in my on my TV in the background as I'm doing like chores around the house today or something. Oh, sorry, Chris. You threw me all off because you went off our perfectly formatted outline. Oh, yeah. We're throwing this in the chat. So I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, the Formatting Formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your Word document formatting needs. So thank you. Thank you, formatting formula. Yes. So, um, I would love to go see a volcano erupting in Hawaii. I would, if you're going to go, if you are going to go watch a, a, a volcano erupt, 
Hawaii is your best bet. What you don't want to do is go watch a, a violent volcano erupt because that no. would be the last time you probably watch a violent <laughs> volcano erupt. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get one shot, one shot to watch a volcanic, uh, a violent volcanic <laughs> volcano erupt, right? Yeah, and you don't get to tell anybody about it. <laughs> you don't get to tell anybody about it, and um, yeah, you yeah. can't post it to Insta. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, maybe if you're fast enough. You could potentially, but that would be the last post you'd ever have on. Oh, true. Yeah. Insta, you know, hey, if you're going to go out, that's the way to yeah. go out. Yeah. Um. Very, very cool. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's been, uh, so this is the Northeast Rift, right? And there's been about yeah. eight major eruptions since 1843. So mm. 1843, 1852, 1855 56, 1880-81, 1935 to 36, uh, 1942 and 1984, and now 2022. So, so I don't see a periodicity to that. I, uh, it's have the to periodicity plot it on a is, graph. It's really, really active. That's the periodicity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once, so even though there was a what do we say, 38 year break between the last time Mana um, Mana Loa erupted yeah. and, and now. Geologically speaking, that's nothing. Mother Nature doesn't care about 38 years. That's it's for all intents and purposes. Like if you would look into the rock record uh and do some, you know, say a hundred million years from now, I don't know, whatever, you find the remnants, uh, if it's still around, you find the um the remnants of these these lava flows. You would say that this would be like just a continuous eruption. All those all yeah. those eruptions that Steve just mentioned in the rock record, if you start dating these lava flows, it would all come up as uh a continuous eruption. It, yeah. You wouldn't, wouldn't, you wouldn't even note these pauses, these little no. little hiatuses. Yeah, because before '84, it was 42 years before the last yeah. eruption. But then before that one, it was six years. So six years. So yeah. And th- this is just on the northeast side of the mountain. This isn't all of them. This is just the northeast rift zone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's the whole the whole southwest side too. Yeah. Um, that we didn't even mention. So wow, the, so lava's shooting out of the volcano at up at heights up to 148 feet. That's pretty. I mean, for a Hawaii yeah. volcano, that's it's higher than I thought it would be. That's that's pretty impressive. Um. So, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I could just sit here and watch this volcano erupting. It's very meditative, right? It, it, it is. Know, it really is. Watch this thing going off in the in the background. So, um, yeah, so to sum things up today, um, if you are going to watch a volcano erupt, you want to see Mauna Loa erupt. It doesn't look like it's like going to be, you know, knock on wood. Everything looks like it doesn't look like it's going to be super dangerous or anything like that. The, the, the air quality looks good. Um, and, uh, it's going, it's going in the right direction. The lava flow is going in the right direction. It's not going towards the people. So they got, they got pretty, pretty lucky with that. Um, Keep your distance and uh, enjoy this one, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah exactly. So if you go look at the uh, – so I said, what did we say? It's moving 40 feet an hour. Yeah. That's the equivalent of 0. 0.025 miles an hour. Okay. 0. Nice. 0.025. All right. Yeah, 0. I can walk faster than that. Hour. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you might have a turtle be able to outrun this thing. 
<laughs> I would say, yes, you would have a turtle be able to outrun this thing. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's uh, that's about all we got. So keep keep watching Mauna Loa. Pretty cool. First time interrupted in a in a hot minute. And uh, keep yeah. an eye on it. We'll keep you. We'll keep you with some updates here at the the geology final cast, especially with our boots on the ground right now at uh in in Hawaii. So yeah. once again, check out the our Instagram. We'll have some some uh, some pics of of that eruption as as close as we can get. Hopefully, Maddie can outrun the lava going forty feet per hour. Godspeed, Maddie. Thank you for being out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I think I'm out of stuff to talk about. Any guys got any any last minute things? Uh, just it? saying that the Geology Final Cast mugs make perfect holiday gifts, and it does make your coffee taste twenty percent better. So, um, pretty good if you're looking, stuff. Oh man, it's perfect. I'm drinking coffee out of it right now, and I, I was drinking out of a different mug, and I literally went and got this mug because it was just like this isn't good enough. I need 20% better coffee. You need that so. the 20% coffee flavor boost. Yeah. <laughs> the 20% number has never been proven. That's yeah, my little disclaimer. Is, is that what our lawyers had to tell us? <laughs> to say? Yeah, because we have lawyers. We cannot confirm or deny the accuracy of the 20%. <laughs> uh, um, no, that's all I got, man. All right, cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Check out geologyflinalcast.com. Uh, you know, we got... Uh, Got all sorts of fun stuff up there on the website. Um, like I said, I'll get those links put up so you can watch the volcano erupting right now. And uh, you got some merch on there if you want to help out the podcast. The merch, the merch helps out, helps us pay the bills, keep the lights on here. Uh, we got uh, we have a Patreon site, Patreon.com/slash Geology Flannelcast. If you, you if you'd like to help out the the Flannelcast the podcast uh, that way, there's several different tiers of membership. You can come hang out with us, talk to us. Uh, you know, we have fun little hangouts before and after the podcast. There's some uh, Patreon extra material that we have up there on the website, on the Patreon site. Um, or if you become a Topaz tiered member, we'll devote a whole topic to you. You just mm-hmm. let us know any geologic topic. We'll talk about it. We'll we'll, we'll cover it because we answer the questions that no one else dares to cover here at the at the final cast. So all that fun stuff. You get some stickers too, and you know, yada yada yada. Geolo- or, uh, patreon.com slash geology funnelcast. So nice. thanks everyone for listening. All right, thank you. Thanks for hanging out. We'll keep you posted with Mauna Loa. Now, the most important question of the day. Jesse, you got a song to take us out with? Jesse's got his baby right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh I gotta go with the classic here. Uh Johnny Cash Ring of Fire. Uh, <laughs> right. even though it's not on the ring of fire just you know we got to check those numbers jesse you know <laughs> uh yeah johnny johnny cash's yeah, lesser lesser yeah. known hit uh hot spot hot spot of fire <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks so much everyone for hanging out we'll see you guys next time bye all right bye, bye. bye.